Oh, man. This might be up there for one of my favorites. And we are live! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another week of the Hogwarts, or rather Harry Potter, roundtable. I was playing Hogwarts Legacy a little bit before we started the show, getting some more of the Merlin's Trials done. Um, I finally got all of the challenges for that done, so if I do any extra, it's just for the extra space in my bags. But we are what? finally here. <laughs> no, no. Like out, of, out of context, it's like, <laughs> I need that extra space in my bags, girl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What? <laughs> We are finally here, the beginning of the end, and I am not here alone to enjoy this experience. I am being joined by everybody's favorite bear from upstairs, Canadian Basement, and Mr. Marvel613, a.k.a. Connor. How are you guys doing? Connor, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing splendiferous. Um, how, how How about you, Basement? Uh, I'm not going to make up a word. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm very still. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> for long, hey, we'll, we'll talk about that on Notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> if we remember. Oh, my God. But, yes, we are here. Finally, Deathly Hollows Part 1. The largest book of the entire series, which, ha- which made it have to be broken down into two separate movies in order to fit every important detail that they needed to put in into this yeah, movie. And they forgot some. Yeah, they forgot <laughs> quite a few in my opinion, but it is still a fantastic movie in my opinion. What about you guys, without going into too much detail here? Connor, how about you start us off? <sighs> so overall thoughts about this one? Yep. Mm-hmm. Man, I I felt like I needed like a comfort blanket after this movie. <laughs> like I, I this th- th- this this um, and I mean this in all the best ways. I'm not like bashing the movie, but it took a. I I didn't feel like I was watching the same franchise. Right. Like it it felt like it was such a it was such a dark pivotal turn that it felt <clears throat> like the 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 theme of this movie is hopelessness. Yes. And uh. Man, there is so much I really like about this one. To be very honest with you, I mean, I, I, I still, I still hold a lot of like the fourth and the, the I, I still hold Order of Phoenix and and um, uh, uh, Goblet of Fire, Fire up there, but but man, this one is a tough one to not enjoy. There, there is Harry and everyone take center stage. No one can be trusted. I do have some questions too, <laughs> but, but, um, but, um, wow, th- this was a powerful fucking movie. Uh, good Lord. <laughs> I-, I know some stuff was omitted, but Jesus Christ, this was a powerful movie. Embarrassments. What about you? I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's, all right. for, <laughs> it's, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's not one of my favorite movies. But it's a, it's still a very good movie. The I think uh, overall, like the theme changes are great and it's needed in Harry Potter. Um, and it was it was going there anyway. It's a natural progression from the last couple of movies to end up here. And again, this is like it's always going to suffer in some way. But they really minimize it on it being the first part to a part two. 
that is the major payoff for most of the things they kind of set up or have been setting up. I still think it sets up the part two in a very intriguing way and is still a fun watch. Um, I find a bit of issues in the pacing that are unavoidable. Yeah, unfortunately. And this is it's, it's just stretching part of that book out mm-hmm. to fill the, the the time they need. And it's not like it, like I'm watching it. I'm like, I don't know how you could do it a different way to make it better. But it's still going to be a problem, I the guess. The slowest in, in, part of the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. There's a lot of good story beats, and they do include enough to have it be very entertaining. But, the uh, again, and the, the outside of that slow part, there is also, like, a the kind of, like, one of the weaker endings of the movie franchises for me. I could see that in a way, but... The, it's not as strong as the last movie's ending. The, the implications that are given with this ending are fucking massive. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that is definitely, like, in all honesty, if, if it wasn't a sit down and watch fucking Harry Potter for six hours, yeah, uh, it's definitely one of those things where I'd love to watch them together. It's just it's such a time commitment. Oh, And they definitely. do, they would work really well together. And it's I, I kind of feel the same way as, like, um, Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. But I, I find the Harry Potter ones, for me at least, are reversed. Where I liked Infinity War more than Endgame, I liked two more than one in this sense, uh, instant. Yeah. But still, like, a, like, a, like we'll get into it, and there's so many good things that they do here. Yeah, I was going to say, what it's a such, setup, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's such a good uh, tonal change, and the way that they integrate some of the changes, and I'll get into it as we go through it, mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's really, really well done. So, I'm... I'm Looking forward to breaking this one down. Yeah, this is definitely going to be one of the, the the movie, I think, out of the entire franchise so far that is going to have us having a lot to say, even for the parts that are the slow parts. Because there's a lot of things going on, even within those slow parts that are just, you know, <clears throat> very minute details that tell a big story and how long they're actually traveling for with this movie so yeah. it's just it's yeah. one of those things that it's just like it it bores you but sucks you in at the same time because it's like all right can we just get on with the story can we just get home yeah. with the story it, 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 <laughs> it, one of those things that i feel on like multiple rewatches is a bit dragging yeah but uh on like a first watch i would have probably no problem with what was going on uh, so it's 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 a rewatch issue, I think, and it's just mm-hmm. because I I I completely agree with what Heather said because it's like you feel like it's dragging, and all of a sudden it's like Merry Christmas, Hermione. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> here we are. This is where like I I honestly feel like the this this specific movie and the movie before will benefit from being an adaptation <laughs> to television more than a lot of the other movies. right because like the they, first they, two not really so much but the rest but right. they, they they omit so much as they go on which again we we kind of discussed before but like, like it's like six hours it's a fucking movie if you add the first and the second together it's like five maybe five and a half yeah too fucking short but hello to everybody in the chat as well we have alpha and paul joining us right now uh Let's jump in on the story, shall we? Woo! Do it. <laughs> the film Got begins it. with Harry Potter and Hermione Granger starting their search for Voldemort's Horcruxes. Meanwhile, Severus Snape ar- arrives at Malfoy Manor to tell Voldemort 
and the rest of his council, I can't see today apparently, that he's been appointed the new headmaster of Hogwarts. He also tells them that the Order of the Phoenix will be moving Harry Potter from Privet Drive to a safe house. Voldemort uses Lucius Malfoy's wand to avoid using twin wands in a dueling battle. I'm going to pause it right there because this opening had a pre-opening to it. <laughs> yeah, I think the the first like line that they included is kind of wrong. Yes. Uh, the so yeah, go ahead, Heather. Yeah, this is move. This movie actually opens up with seeing the golden trio figuring out the best way to say goodbye to their families in their own way. We see the Dursleys packing up their entire house and Harry having a short exchange of words with Petunia Dursley, which is this is the first time Petunia has been seen as human, in my opinion. Yeah, no kidding. Because <clears throat> despite everything that they put them through, Harry is still putting their safety first by telling them, you need to leave if they find out that you have any semblance of idea where I'm going or what our plan is. You are dead. And she she responds to him with, do you think I'm not understanding of what they're capable of? You didn't just lose a mother that night. I lost a sister. And that's the first time within the movie franchise that she is actually admitted to claiming Lily as her family. Which, that right there was just like, oh my god! <laughs> For the, me in the yeah. movie, and then in the movie theaters, and then you had Ron contemplating how he was going to tell his family or how he was going to get away from his family to go on this journey. And then, heartbreakingly, we see Hermione obliviating her parents so that they have no memory of her. I, I know I know what you're talking about, but just the phrase, obliviating her parents, yeah. is, is <laughs> out of context. It's really if you've seen the funny. movie, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> A picture that just fucking blow it out of a fucking window. <laughs> and then seeing her just on her own with her tiny little satchel, which is fucking. I want that spell for real life, goddammit. <laughs> See, here's, here's the fucked up thing. And I don't know if this is just, like, what I did here in fucking Canada. The scene with the Dursleys was nothing. It, what I had was her getting them them leaving, and that's it. There's no conversation. There's nothing like that that happens in the movie. It, uh, it was like cut to. Oh, maybe maybe it was a Canadian thing. Yeah, Harry it was, looking because out. I got that scene. Every I'm wondering time if, like, I watched it. I'm wondering if there's like an extended edition <clears throat> or something because when I watched it, it uh, like either either I looked away for ten seconds. How long is the scene? Is it, it, it's it more than five seconds? It's about ten seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I, I looked and then like I saw your message about it, right? Because mm -hmm. you tweeted about it to in the DMs, and then I was like, I'm gonna rewatch this part, and it still didn't show up. And then the car left, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what the fuck. But I've seen deleted the deleted scenes of it, uh, of more like the, the deleted scenes of Harry Potter. Um, yeah. And having more interaction with the Dursleys, right? Right. So I don't know if that was what they did just when the one I had, because everything else was there except for that, and it was weird that weird. it wasn't. It could have been, but um, like I said, here in America, 
every time I have watched this movie, even before the extended cuts were released for streaming services, I was able to see that scene. <laughs> Ironic that the Americans can see an English scene and not the Canadians. Um, this is just my opinion. Um, the beginning of this movie and the end of this movie are my favorites and I think some of the best stuff in the entire movie. Um, not saying that there aren't good things in between, but for me personally, the way this movie starts and the way this movie ends, fucking, it's, it's hard for me to top that shit. Um, you instantly, from right off the bat, can tell shit's going down, <laughs> things are different, Everyone's panicked. Everyone's shitting themselves. And I'm not sure if you picked up on this basement. The music was haunting. Uh, Okay. I do agree that, like, the the music in the beginning, at least for sure, was on point. I found, like, the score took kind of a backseat in the middle of the movie. but um, Agreed. But I'm saying uh, this particular part, yeah, this opening part, the music was just like, ugh. So there's one thing that this does, and so I was obsessing about that, and I just went back and looked at it. It's not in this fucking movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it's not. For some reason, it's weird because they cut to the fucking the, the mother Dursley just sitting in the car looking contemplative, and it's like, what the fuck? Nope. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, so the the entire beginning of this movie uh, it sets the tone first with the new minister of magic kind of like looking at this the everybody looking at the camera and talking to them and it's very evident by what they set the uh the stage with at first that shit has hit the fan and people are going crazy <laughs> this is like war is upon us yeah type deal right and they know how how big it is so like the idea of like the Herm- hermione scene for me is the strongest of the bunch because Agreed. it's like you know she, she, her parents had nothing to do with the wizarding world for the most part, except for the wizard having a, a kid that's a witch. Right. And her having to like basically uproot their entire lives. I know in the book she ships them off to Australia, yep. which I wish they would have done in the movie, in all honesty, because there's so many inconsistencies. <laughs> or at least show her taking down the photos empty photo frames. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, okay, I get like you want to – you Here's a picture of me ne- next to an empty high chair. That makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I know. It was it, like that to me. Like on a surface level, it's impactful emotionally. If you think about it for like more than ten seconds, you're like, <laughs> okay, something else had to go on there. Um, so that was a, a big one. And I even wrote like the dir- there's moments with the Dursleys that I would have loved to see because for some reason I get that didn't get that fucking one. I know the scene because I've seen it before. Right. But it's not in this for some reason. Uh, and I just thought it was part of the deleted scenes, which sucks because it should be part of the movie. The, the Dursley stuff was so well handled in the sense of you didn't need a whole lot because it's not about them. You didn't need a whole lot of dialogue because, it's again, it's a not about them. But you had just those two moments that just kind of set like – again, it just, it just piles on to the, to, to the message being sent within the first fucking 15 minutes of the movie. Shit is hitting the fan. Things are different. Everything that you knew from the beginning is vastly changing. Like everything is different now. Yes. And so I I, I don't think Heather was here when I said this, but I said I think the beginning and the end of the movie 
<clears throat> are some of my favorite things of the entire of the entire thing. And mainly because this is such a different I told you before, like I thought like I was fucking watching another goddamn franchise or different movie all there. Like you wouldn't think this was the same Harry Potter has come to Hogwarts. Yeah. It's it's not the same it is not the same shit. It is darker, it is more emotional and um whoo, I'm in for the ride. Oh, yeah, it, it doesn't definitely. follow that formula that the other movies kind of did, at least to an extent. I'm crying, I'm crying in the corner. What's new Scooby-Doo coming after you? <laughs> they kill fucking Scrappy. No, no, I mean, that's not all that, like, uh, I mean, yes, that's the beginning of the movie, but then it switches over to the uh, the Voldemort segment, which I fucking love. I, like this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because they show like the desperation of our heroes or whatever, and then they show the they finally show like the depravity of the fucking villain and like a situation where he has intimidated everybody that's at that table. Oh yeah. And also obviously with the fucking woman upside down, the Muggle teacher upside down. It's just like a, a perfectly crafted scene for like what we expect or what we. It's the next expect, level yeah. of what we see with Voldemort with it's... willingly just killing at like just a nobody basically or like you yeah know. The, the the last movie the very to, to me and this is just my opinion the last movie solidified Voldemort and his forces as the dangerous threat that's going to fucking destroy everything but it didn't do that until Dumbledore was dead yeah. and it kind of it, it kind of felt like. That was, I mean, obviously Dumbledore dying is a big fucking deal and Snape's, you know, quote-unquote confirmation betrayal. We'll talk about that next week. Um, But that kind of was obviously overshadowed, but I felt like at the end of the movie, a big part was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyone else going to talk about these, like, fucking giant army that fucking Voldemort's amassing? No. So this scene to me reaffirmed it like, hey, if you thought it was just a small ragtag group of guys with, like, cloaks and shit – um, Guess again. <laughs> nay, nay. <laughs> Watch out for that snake. It's also yeah, finally exactly. a scene that isn't a direct like look from Harry's point of view into what Voldemort's doing, or Harry in the scene with oh, Voldemort. Yeah. It, this is a scene from Snape's perspective, yes. and it, it it's such a smart thing to do for where the story goes with him to have him enter and have him be like the stoic. Uh, like non emotional, non emotional person in front of like what is happening. Where if you look at like everybody else there, they're all fucking super intimidated by Voldemort. Snape is not really, yeah. And it's uh, it's great the way that they play it, and the, with the fucking Muggle teacher, and she starts calling out, and she's like, Snape, that was we were friends, Snape. we're friends, <laughs> and he just sits there staring at her like. You know what's funny? That that um, I, I think obviously I'm a little, a little bit of foreshadowing, but like that scene is so more po- so much more powerful, knowing where things are going with Snape, mm-hmm. because it's not like he previews it by like squ- like like squinting or like scoffing away or like he he doesn't he doesn't react. No, and it's that kind of reaction that you'd get out of like oh he's you know we'll get into it more next week next week. But my point is that. I've never seen anything like that in the sense of like someone being, because usually when like you have a situation like that, there's like a little bit of foreshadowing here and there, like oh yeah, yeah. but not even fucking remotely close. It just game facing it. Don't play him in poker, you'll fucking. What's that? 
That's why Snape is such a G. He's yeah. Yeah. G unit. Turn to pirate. G hundred and ninety four. What I also love about this opening is before we get to that Voldemort scene, we also have the WB logo rusting as it's zooming mm-hmm. in on it. It's just like the, those minute details. It's just like, oh my god, because he knows Warner Brothers is dying at this time. <laughs> well, from like right? right, but also from like the, from like the, the logo being pristine in the first couple of movies. You know, it's like yeah, we're we're going. We're going into a bad place. I, I can't imagine why they're doing another reboot of the series. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Turn to page. And also, and also the part with Ron when he came to get his dad out of the shed and he's fixing that radio where he had told Ron, this radio is how the Order of the Phoenix found each other when we got separated during the first war. That extra glance back from Ron is just like, yep, that's coming with me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that, that is also like a, a stalwart throughout the movie, too. Yeah. Right? Uh, I wrote here, like, because while watching that Voldemort, you know, like, I can't say enough good things about Ralph Fiennes in that oh, role. I don't gosh. think, no matter who takes up the helm, it's like taking up the helm of fucking Hannibal Lecter yeah. in terms of, like, how well it's pulled off. Oh, yeah, he, he's, he's 100%, a... 100%, yes. He, he, he is. It, it's, it's something about his mannerisms, and, I, and you know what's funny? <clears throat> I say this in the best way. He does the exact same thing in fucking Red Dragon. Like, there's a lot of similarities. I don't know if you guys have ever seen him in Red Dragon. The he, fucking... he does the same thing in fucking uh, everything. Schindler's List. He yes. is despicable. He's fucking horrible now. <laughs> You're already had him in fucking object. <laughs> um, but it's just there's something about like the way he just like smoothly. He's quietly slithery, man. Oh yeah, cons- he gets the idea I, of being part snake to a fucking T. <laughs> shoes on, man. Jesus Christ. No, no, no. If I ever get to meet this man, I'm gonna ask him you know, how many pairs of shoes he had on the side that could handle Voldemort's toenails. <laughs> <laughs> No sandals. Jesus had fucking sandals, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, love love the uh love the snake eating scene and just whew, good shit. Yes. Yeah, it's it's such a good like we're ready to go. This is no not like we're departing even from like early teens. The oh, last yeah. movie is, went to like sixteen. This is <laughs> the ball's dropped. <laughs> <laughs> No, this Voldemort's is definitely me. this is definitely nineteen twenty year old stuff here going on. Yep. And moving right along with the story here, after Harry's family, the Dursleys flee their home. The Order of the Phoenix arrived to meet Harry along with six others: Ron Weasley, Hermione, Fred, and George Weasley, Fleur Delacour, and Mungdungus Fletcher. We get to what meet this motherfucker finally. They all take Polyjuice Potion to become Harry, Harry's doppelgangers. Harry and the six copies leave Privet Drive accompanied by a protector, whilst the real Harry flies alongside Hagrid on his flying motorbike. Which, I loved that line. I brought you here, I am taking you away from here. They are intercepted almost immediately by Death Eaters, and the pairs scatter. Voldemort arrives, but Harry manages to defeat his, bar- defeat his borrowed wand, and the group arrives safely at the burrow. All but Mad-Eye Moody, who was killed by Voldemort and Mundungus, who dis- disapparated 
when he saw Voldemort arrive. George has a bad head wound from a cursed Snape conjured during the battle, which is right there. Ron convinces Harry to remain in, at the burrow until after Bill and Fleur's wedding before going to find more Horcruxes. Minister of Magic Rufus Scrimigore. Fucking Bill Nagy with this one. Oh my god. <laughs> Arrives at the burrow and distributes the items from Dumbledore's last will and testament to Ron, Hermione, and Harry. Ron receives the Deilluminator. Harry gets the missing sword of Gryffindor and the first snitch he ever caught. And Hermione gets a personal copy of the tales of the beetle and the bard. During the wedding, Harry sees... Oh, God. Well, it's going super far. <laughs> it is going super far, but it's also... It, this, this is a scene where it gets everything going. And it's, I want to incorporate everything with it. All right, uh, let's do it. Xenophilus Lovegood and notices a strange symbol on his necklace. Harry speaks to Aphilius Doge, one of Dumbledore's oldest friends, and Ron's aunt Muriel, and learns that Dumbledore used to live in Harry's hometown, Godric's Hollow. A Patronus message sent by Kingsley Shacklebolt appears and warns that the Ministry has fallen. Scrimagore is dead and that they are coming. Death Eaters appear and trash the ceremony, leading Ron, Harry, and Hermione to apparate to London. We'll pause it right there. There is a ton going on with this right now. And let me just say, holy fucking shit, Batman. (laughs) Fucking... I know we're going to complain about the pacing of this movie, but Jesus Christ, the beginning it part is It throws like... everything at you within the first 20 minutes and then just... Yeah. <laughs> Basement, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there is... Okay, so in the books, right? I, yes. And I can't remember the extent, Heather, you can fill me in. There's like a, a mirror that he has that he can see Dumbledore's picture or something, right? Or so, yes. something like that. Yeah, right? Oh, it's, never, had it. it's never explained in the movie. <laughs> it's never explained in the movie, but he actually got it off of Dobby after Dobby. Which enrages me because it's actually a plot point in this mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> so, you know, and I get like you can't retroactively add it to the last one, but holy fucking Christ, at least do something to explain it and they don't. And he's just looking into it and seeing part of Dumbledore's face or something. He says, um, see, I see Dumbledore's blue eyes in the book. Yeah, it was it was uh, at least at least explained to some extent in the movies. It's just there. And he has it. Uh, the just uh, I found staring the, at it. I found the uh, the Polyjuice potion scene like it, it's a it's a fun scene with all of them turning into Harry Potter. But the uh, <laughs> I'm Fleur like Fleur Don't look at me, Bill. I am hideous. <laughs> I have questions about Polyjuice potions. Because everybody now is fucking? They know everything about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially since they had to change. If you Polyjuice into a man and had sex with a woman, could you, in fact, like it, how does that work? Anyways, uh, like you, I, was, I nope. have found myself questioning Polyjuice Potion way beyond what this show <laughs> and the books want, wanted me to. <sighs> that's what you've hung up on in this whole <laughs> Well, no, that's that has nothing to do with the movie. It's just oh, I'm just well questions aware that arose at that moment. <laughs> it was gen- uh, genitalia. So uh, there's the chase scene that happens. Um, I found the chase scene. <laughs> 
pretty uh, again it's another fucking fun action scene they really yeah. like front load this movie with action scenes uh the, the I, I chuckled at hedwig <laughs> <laughs> Zap. because i've seen it so many times it's just kind of like fucking monster yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but they also like okay so yeah, I love the fact that you're like, uh, uh, Hagrid's like, I'm gonna, I brought you into this area, I'm gonna take you out of it, and immediately he gets stunned and unconscious. Yeah, <laughs> and it's useless, and I, he's gigantic. I, 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 I had, I'm gonna make sure to take care of you, Harry. Becomes literally <laughs> biggest burden of the entire Harry <laughs> Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking hilarious, <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure a couple people died in that chase. On top of that, on top of that, by the way, I'm, I'm always like, I brought you in here. It's like, so technically, Hagrid, this whole situation is your fault. Your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it's, that. It's hilarious because, like, and I can't remember if that's the way it works in the books, but for the longest time, like giants, for like spells bounce off them. Not well, this. He's spell. only half giant. Yeah, it's true. So but he's also his ass. Well, he fucking got knocked the fuck out, and they went down to the like the the scene is one thing I think this movie does really well is incorporate like magic and the real world when they show both together. Yes, and they do it through multiple means, and some of it's how they display like how magic works because they have kind of though they have shown it in increments, they kind of dial that up a little bit higher in this right. movie and i'll explain a bit later when we get to it uh so yeah hedwig gets fucking ko'd that's great uh <laughs> and for them uh i did find too like it was funny when um they like uh, they, like i don't know it's weird because uh, harry and uh hagrid land and hagrid just looks at him and it's like mm-hmm. like he has the sad face it's like you were fucking unconscious you don't even know hedwig died you don't know what happened <laughs> uh sorry, like Thank God nobody has bad memories. Once everybody everybody else shows up, what was in my room on the seventh day I met you? Right? Like, oh my God! Oh, yeah, like, I was smoking pot, dude. I can't remember. <laughs> no, but in the books, it, it the chase scene with everybody is extended to a great deal. Hagrid is actually maneuvering and evading the spells <clears throat> being flung at them. Until finally he is hit with, I think it was Bombarda, actually, that he was hit with. That actually knocked him out. Sorry, real real quick, I, I meant, to, I have a small note here. It said, hey, you know what won't cause a distraction in the middle of the fucking flight scene? is a goddamn flamethrower on the back of a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's going to be hard to find. <laughs> I wonder which one is the real Harry, question mark. Got <laughs> a headwing flying around him. <laughs> Fucking fries, yeah, yeah. Great, way, great way to say incognito. I'm just like, I get if they're like away, but they weren't even like that far away from like people chasing him, and then it's like, <laughs> Jesus. I did, I did also, like the addition. Sorry, just, go ahead. Yeah, just real quick to answer your question. Yes, uh, Mad Eye Moody was killed, and since he was with Mungungus, he was missing, presumed dead. Okay. I did like the part where um, uh, Voldemort's like chasing Harry yes. and they're in between the uh, power lines and <laughs> he gets his wand broken and just like fucking 
rage explodes the electricity yep. and in the background they did their due diligence and had it the the they, though it's just a minor detail in the background you see like the lights go out and the, the small houses below yeah in, in sequence i'm like okay good at least they I, I, continuity I for that scene <laughs> yeah. i put amazing spider-man 2 electro <laughs> <laughs> he's back um, I didn't have anything else to add to the chase scene unless you guys, because the next scene, it did talk about the uh, the next uh, fucking wedding setup and shit yes. like that. Yeah, uh, before we go on to it, though, it, in the book, they don't actually go to the hollow directly. They actually go to Tonk's parents' house. Which, that would make more sense. All. Hagrid and Harry, they don't end up at the hollow because of Hagrid being unconscious. They actually end up at Tonks's parents' house, and she happens to be there too. So, I mean, that would and make then a lot more sense. from there, they're led to uh, Grimwald Place, actually, in the book. That's the one thing I'm hoping that, at least with the show, you can get some development for Tonks and the yes. other characters that are like in desperate need of it because all they are really is faces with like two lines of character development <laughs> yeah in the movie. I, mean, I was so hoping yeah. after reading oh god yeah after reading half-blood prince i was so hoping she was going to be the one to find him on the train after malfoy broke his nose and petrified him but no it had to be fucking luna lovegood <laughs> i get it they kind of have to like you have to subtract from a character to give one character more and because it's kind of like the movies are geared a bit more towards the young right. group, they're going to go with the younger character. But yeah, moving but, moving on to the wedding now. Connor? Okay. <clears throat> Am I alone here? Which I could be. Yeah, in thinking that this was a very stupid thing for them to fucking do? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's floor de liqueur. <laughs> but... You're trying to be incognito. You're trying not to to, to to showcase. You're you're literally having a fucking giant like tent construction thing, show, like in the middle of like, like a fucking. It, why? Because the I Weasleys are a family that doesn't like to show fear, despite the fact that Ron whimpers at the sight of a spider. How about show brains, for God's sakes? I, I get, like, their idea behind it, and that the way I remember it kind of explained is the fact that, like, we need something good in these dark times so that people feel like A sense it's of not normalcy. all just fucking fear and hiding and we're so, going to be out here. But, like, I can't remember in the book if they took more precautions than just having five people in front of the tent in the open fucking air. Okay, so uh, so here here here's the thing that I'm just throwing this out, out there, right? I'm. I would be all in favor of like we can't live in fear. We need to do this to kind of like establish some sort of normalcy. Fine. It if it wasn't for the fucking scene with Harry and Ron right before, where Harry was trying to leave and like saying, "You guys are doing this all for me," and, and like like, no, it's not just about you. And it's like, here's a great idea. Let's make a fucking target on ourselves. Hooray! Like it just it, it, the the two. The, you know what I mean? Like two seats just infuriated me next to each other. I, I, I literally wrote, "It's so retarded that they have a huge wedding get together in the Thank midst you. of being hunted by Death Eaters." Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and now well, that well, just well, might be uh, strung up to a failure on the writing well, end. Because fine, I'm pretty sure it like, it's not the movie the writing because in the book the wedding was still there. And that's so what I mean. The book. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can I, I can accept that though if it wasn't for the fact that it was right after literally right after a scene where Harry's like, 
I'm going to leave because they're after me. You shouldn't have to sacrifice yourselves. And Ron's like, it's not about you. Then steals his bag. And then it's like, wedding time. Like, fucking dumbasses. I, I, I think, honestly, because I don't recall being so, like, appalled by it in the book. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that works way better in the book and how, how you read it and how other information is presented than it does on an actual movie watch. Because on movie watch, it's, it does, does come off really dumb. And to answer your question, in the book, um, it wasn't just five people standing at the doors of the tent. It was the people at the doors of the tent along with a, um, like, a shield, like, Hogwarts yeah, hat over it. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. So, it, they were basically, they were protected, and that's why the only way a message could get through was from a member of the Order of the Phoenix, because it was a friendly one. Uh, Followed by... You know what it was? I, and, like, and this is the other thing, too. I And, and this is one thing I, I was forgetting, even coming up with, oh, it's retarded to do this uh, and have this big wedding. I think there wouldn't have really been a huge problem with the wedding if it didn't coincide with the ministry falling. Yes. Because yeah. that is yep. something that does happen in that scene. Yeah, I think I think that's the... That's the juxtaposition with it is just that like I wouldn't be opposed – I personally wouldn't be opposed to like the whole wedding thing. And, and honestly, in terms of setting up the next le- – the- <laughs> in terms of setting up the next uh, – advancing to the next level of everything's fucked and we're shitting ourselves, visually it creates a very um, uh, intriguing moment where like the, the party's crashed, right? So fucking shit's flying. People's dying. Everyone's scrambling around like fucking madhouse. Like – I I I like that because it added to the it added just more on top of the 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 concept of fuck everything's fucked chaos amounts woo prepare your shit yourself. It's also a good like it's a good way to get like the entirety of the Order of Phoenix and all the kids and stuff like they they have to like go in their separate directions. Yeah, and conflict makes that happen. Um, Am I alone in being like I I wrote fuck you creepy Ginny. Because there's a scene where Harry's just standing there, and she just flies in out of nowhere. Get me up, will you? Like, and he's in, like, the kitchen. I'm like, where were yeah. you getting dressed, girl? <laughs> like, yeah. She came out with her fucking zipper down just to tell him that. Uh, it's good so, to see that. So did, so did Harry. <laughs> he wished at that moment. Uh, I did laugh, though, because I think like the, the wedding happens a bit after this, but before the wedding... Um, when the uh, minister shows up and <laughs> like I thought of it in my mind like why are you here minister and he's like he's like I think we both know the answer to that Mr. Potter and he sits down and none of them have any fucking clue why he's actually there. <laughs> they, they all look like they just got sent to the principal's office they all had that look of oh shit we're in fucking trouble what the fuck did we Man, do what the hell is going on <laughs> I, you, could, you could cast Bill Nye in the most um upbeat role in the world and he still looks like the fucking most miserable Nosferatu you, I've ever seen in my fucking life. He looks like you life. just told him not only did his dog die, but so did his child. <laughs> Man, I, 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 would, I would be <clears throat> I would be terrified to sit across from him with just a stoic look on his face because I feel like he's coming to murder me and take my soul. I yeah. feel like he's the prototypical, you, you don't want to date his daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't date him. <laughs> oh, that's. I do, I also do love that with this scene when he is presenting them with the items that Dumbledore has left them. You can you get that feeling of. 
why though? Yeah. Oh, especially yeah, once he gets to the book and the snitch. <laughs> I do. I do at the very end because I love how it's like, you sir are left the sword of Gryffindor, which However, I don't know where yours. the fuck it is right now. What's <laughs> yours, baby? You're doing yeah. great, Minister. <laughs> I just chuckled to myself when it was like, you think we both know the answer to that, Mr. Potter? Straight down. So why are you here? (laughs) I killed me. It's it's so true. Now at Uh, at the wedding too. At the wedding, there's a conversation that happens uh, where several conversations that happen with Harry and several of the guests. It's true. I did enjoy all of them. Mm -hmm. So Harry and. uh, love good and her dad and that was a great one because she's like she obviously can read people really well she even though she is comes off weird. super blunt <laughs> but it's like yeah she's just saying like he, he was too nice to say this but he doesn't want to fucking talk to us so let's move on which I wish more people would do in real life yeah <laughs> I agree <clears throat> but he, now, he goes and sits down and talks to that old guy right yeah. Now, now I I was. This is where some some parts of this movie. I'm not gonna lie. I got a little fuzzy and lost on, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if it's because of I'm fucking deaf or I was just trying to keep track of fucking ADHD overload. <laughs> but it seemed like the biggest takeaway from um from the conversation he had was one. He noticed the symbol that was written on the book that he that I think Dumbledore left to Hermione, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he that looked he right at the symbol on uh, yep. her dad's neck, right? And, yeah, and on a pers- on a personal note, I also noticed that they were mentioning about facts about Dumbledore that Harry didn't know. Yeah, that's my one. Of, that's probably my favorite scene in this uh, wedding scene because it kind of it, this is the moment where Harry it hits Harry when the woman's like, "I don't. Are you sure you really knew him at all after all this information?" And, yep. and even in like from what I remember in the books. They built up Dumbledore to be a certain character, and everyone's like, I like him, and I like his character. And then this is the first monkey wrench being thrown into that character. Yeah. And uh, especially with Harry, when he only has a couple, like, solid things in his life, that being one of them and the memory of him, because with that fucking piece of glass, he's obviously, like, dealing with the loss of Dumbledore. Yeah. And then to hear, like, are you sure you really knew anything about him? It sets such a good groundwork for where the story goes in the books, in the movies as well, but more so in the books because they flesh things out. It sends the message that, you know, everything's fucked right now for Harry. Things are fucking crumbling around him. And the one person that he looked up to more than anybody else, the one person that he idolized that he had, like, you know, some rocky stuff happened, but he had faith in him and everything worked out was Dumbledore, only to find out there are things about him that he didn't even know. Yeah. Especially when they drop that tidbit of him, especially after that scandal with his sister. It's like, it even it makes the audience, the first time they're hearing it, understand that there were things going on in Dumbledore's young life that be really Dumbledore did not make it. him a very good guy. He be Dumble doing it every day he shuffles. <laughs> do, 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 do. No, that, no. <laughs> See? See, that that wasn't what it was though. This is where you gotta watch Crimes of Grindelwald. Ah, guy more. I have I have no right to complain after um, <clears throat> all the Marvel stuff we've watched. So continue. Uh, but, I, I don't mind watching something that fleshes something out that I don't necessarily need to know. It's when I have to watch something to understand something I'm watching that pisses me off. 
Yeah, no, the, the 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 Fantastic Beast things is just—it's literally just the expansion on the prehistory to Harry, and fleshing that out more. It's not explaining Harry or how his story came about. This is even before Voldemort. So, ooh, pre-V. Yeah. So if you you watched the first one already, you might as well watch the second two and give your full thoughts on it because those three are a combined story being told so and everything happening if the sword of gryffindor i'm going to come back to this every fucking time <laughs> every fucking time if the sword of gryffindor was indeed not dumbledore's to give in the first fucking place what the fuck why did you even going? bother mentioning it <laughs> he he's new at the job <laughs> You, I mean, you, you heard what he said before. You know why I'm here, Potter, but... <laughs> You're going to argue with him? I'm not going to fucking know. I'm going to do what he says. <laughs> but it's... Father. And when they when the shit goes down and everybody just starts operating, the old man clutching his giant family album, and he's like, nice meeting you, Potter, and then poof. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> but this is also where a little Easter egg is going to come up because after they get to London, which we're going to talk about here in just a second, you're going to notice something. So let's move on with the story. I'll tell you what that mm -hmm. something is. And then from there on, I'll tell you what the Easter egg is. Taking refuge in a cafe, they discuss their immediate plans, but before they can leave, two Death Eaters arrive and begin dueling. The trio win the battle and disapparate to Grimwald, Pla Grimwald Place, where they discover that Regulus Art Arcturus Black, Sirius's younger brother, is the R.A.B. in the false locket found at the end of Half-Blood Prince. Creature reveals that the real locket was in the house, but Mundungus stole it when he, took when he looted Grimwald Place. Harry sends Creature to get Mundungus, who in, re in turn explains that Dolores Umbridge took it from him in return for not revoking his peddler's license. The trio decide to break into the Ministry, now under the eyes of the Death Eaters, to retrieve the locket. Now, in this ah, scene, bitch. they're sitting down, they had ordered their drinks, and I believe it was Hermione who said something about Voldemort. And not ten seconds later, those two Death Eaters pop in. Oop. There's a trace on Voldemort's mm -hmm. name. No. No, they, they own the ministry. So. Exactly. So anybody who speaks his name, Death Eaters are going to arrive. Why, that, that, that's why everybody didn't say his name previously. Right. But it's also oh, why, from that moment on through... Until they are captured, that they never say his name. Did either of you uh, notice that? You're gonna make me have to go watch it again, aren't you? <laughs> God, you, you really? Yeah. Wait, from from that moment onwards, they don't say his name. They do not say right? his name because it's, yeah, it I, is I'm not time. Sure, yeah, it is not yeah. time for them to be caught. It's only yeah. when that they meet up with the other Death Eaters, just before that, they say his name. Because that is the time for them to be caught. God damn it. 
Clever writers. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Cafe scene. Cafe scene. I love, I love the fact fun. that it's they can Okay, so this is what where I wanted to say like. There's a slight change to how they depict uh, magic, and it's a lot more impactful. And if I had to relate it to anything in the cafe scene, it reminds me of, like, 90s action movies I have, where someone I, would shoot up, like, a fucking restaurant and things would just explode everywhere. I, I literally have in my notes for that scene, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it, it gives it, like, an impact that is much more serious. Like, if you look – oh, God. Let's not say that name. Uh, if you look in the in the past in the movies when they like did stuff, it still like hit the like oh stupefying the character would flip or whatever. But it was a bit more comical. And in this, it's it almost mimics like gunshots. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, because the glass and hitting everything. But by the but way, the destruction it does. I, I have to mention now that because now they're they're using it so often. Part of me, am I? <laughs> Thinking of the answer to the question, but am I, am I an asshole for hoping that every time he, he hits someone with the with the phrase "stupefy," either two things hit, either it's ooh or uh, that you hear them fly like like they get stupid because they get hit by it. <laughs> you think you're not an asshole for that? No, but um, I don't have to fucking spells to except for Petrificus Totalus. There's also something else with this scene if you notice if you pay close enough attention. The wand grips on each of them. Hermione's yes, is, I've seen that. Yeah, I've, I've read Hermione's about this one. is textbook. Oh, I've had this year. And it's very matter of factly. Harry's is too tight, and he's swinging too widely. And then you have Ron, who is swinging and gripping his wand perfectly. Because he's from a family. The worst student out of all of them is doing it perfect. <laughs> yep. I, I love in the scene where Ron is just like he's got full on bloodlust. What the one that I'm gonna do him. It's like what the fuck? Are you sure you're not a Death Eater? You son of a bitch. Rob's head, you sell it. That's not true. <laughs> Guess who's back? Feel better. <laughs> uh, but I did like the scenes uh, where they meld uh, magic and the real world, and they do it in a way that it just for me it worked. I don't know. It, you don't see it too often in these, in these movies where there's an actual interaction between those two environments and mm -hmm. it kind of works, especially with the, these three, at least. Yeah. And the visuals had, are great. Last time we had that was like a flying fucking car, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that that's not when it worked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did not work there. But um, also, you did, after they go through all that ordeal and they end up at 12 Grimwald Place... The trap that was set for them to keep people out. How did that not keep Mundungus out? I mean, that dude was a fucking coward. I mean, I he was a, he, He's a professional thief. He so is, but, however, seeing that, he would have had issues. <laughs> Chat! <laughs> Mundungus was a character that... I get you're not supposed to like anything, but I never cared for his character at all in the no. books or in the movie. However, guy, creature, <laughs> something else. The, the creature had utter contempt for him. Mundungus, filthy mud blood. <laughs> so I went down like a rabbit hole. So like, who the fuck? Who the fuck plays creature? 
And when I got it, I got the image up. I know the actor enough, but he's not recognizable. I'm like, who the fuck plays Dobby? And you know who plays Dobby? Yeah. Fucking Dr. Arnim Zola. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. From Winter Soldier. Sure does. <laughs> and then after I saw that, I'm like, okay, I guess this is how I'm watching the rest of this movie with that guy in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen now. Dobby says the Red Skull will carry all of Hogwarts. Oh, God. Holy shit. Winter Soldier program initiate. Dobby's gonna fuck your shit. What I love is when Creature comes back, it's Dobby that brings him back kicking and screaming. And Dobby's wearing like fucking Air Jordans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dobby's a free elf. Dobby got fucking laid. You know he laid that pipe. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. he's just like, Dobby's here to fucking fucking help your shit out. Dobby curses now. Dobby should get checked. Oh, my God. It's happening, folks. It's happening. It's happening. Dobby's had a weird growth for a few weeks now. Strange itch, itch, master. Itches, it does. <laughs> oh, God. I, I should have used the sock. God. We also find out that R.A.B. is Sirius's brother. And you know what? Ron points it out, which yeah. is, I like that, because finally this guy's not a dingus. <laughs> Ron's fucking carrying <laughs> his weight. Captain Outer Space. <laughs> well, yeah. they're, they're, I'm going to say this, and probably the only thing I'm going to say. Mm. <laughs> Ron, they had Ron play the character of a knucklehead throughout this whole fucking thing. Yep. And then in the last two movies, like, if you noticed, he was. Last three, actually. He would come up with, like, like the, uh, you guys aren't that far, but like the, the uh, what you were just talking about. And yeah, everybody looks the, at him, uh, everybody, everybody looks at him like, what the fuck did you? Hey, he brings him up to the family funeral. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's not fair, because in the books, he's not a knucklehead. No, he's just, not. It's just like, they, they kind of, they, they put like his smarts or where he excels and they give it to Hermione. Yeah, and they which make is the him the, the knucklehead, which kind of sucks, but it is. It is. It really is, and frankly, it, I, it works on screen a bit better because how much you, can, you only have a certain time to develop a character, and it's easier to be a bit more one note at the beginning than it is to be. Yeah, and they they needed yep. they needed to build that dynamic of Hermione's <laughs> the smart one, Harry is the talented one, and Ron is the one with the wizarding knowledge. I think Hermione is a combination of all three. Right. Dobby would, tap it. Dobby would tap that. Dobby would tap that. That mud blood. <laughs> All up in her mud blood. And, how about, and then on top of that, we have them kidnapping members of the ministry. Ah, uh, love it. Who's kidnapping? Okay, Are this is one of my mind? favorite scenes in this movie. Be- because once they kidnap them and like they do the polyjuice poly- thing... The adults playing them 
are just fucking comedy gold for me. Oh my god, so... fucking genius. And then trying to figure out the right way to get into the Ministry of Magic after that point. And she's like, oh god. The, the, actor, the, the actor who plays the adult that Harry takes over, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen him in several other movies. More specifically, one of my favorite ones is The Departed, where he plays like one of the fucking idiot... <laughs> yeah, 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 you yeah. know what I'm talking about. And when I saw that, I'm like... Oh, this is fucking gold. <laughs> he tried to he, like does a pretty good job getting the like the hairy gate. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. He, he almost nails his walking style and his like fucking it, it, he does a like it, he does an excellent job and the other two are decent. Like I mean Hermione's kind of like backseat. Ron's guy is there for comedic value, but especially since I really Especially once we get to the next scene, it's, it's so closely related to that person. It's just like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, now that we're there, Harry, Ron, and Hermione capture three ministry workers and impersonate them to enter the secret ministry offices, but are quickly split up. <laughs> the problem with becoming ministry workers! Hermione ends up in a courtroom with Umbridge to witness a false trial. Ron is in head of magical law enforcement. Wow. Death Eater Yaxley's office. And Harry is free to wander the corridors since he unwittingly copied a Death Eater Run Death Eater Runcorn. That's a name. Harry eventually finds his way to Umbridge's office, but doesn't find the locket. So he makes his way to the courtroom alongside Ron. They reunite with Hermione and stun Umbridge to take the locket and attempt to leave the ministry. However, the Polyjuice potion begins to wear off, and during the battle, th- and during the battle, to flew away. Yaxley catches them as they reach Grimwald Place. Since they cannot safely stay at Grimwald Place now, Yaxley is a secret keeper. Hermione apparates them to a forest. Ron gets splinched in the process, meaning the group can't apparate until he has in has its negative effects on their morale. Wait, what? Until he has recovered. (laughs) Wow. I cannot see tonight, apparently. They attempt to destroy the locket, but their magical... Their magic provides... Proves useless on it, so they take turns wearing... Wearing it despite its negative effects on their morale. While wearing it, Harry sees a vision of Voldemort interrogating and killing Grigorovich. The wand maker and going off in search of a mysterious wizard said to have robbed his shop many years ago. Gonna pause it there, because this, again, where the shit hits the fan. (laughs) Who robbed his shop? Oh, God. Grindelwald. Okay. His shop was robbed during the time of his and Dumbledore's youth. Where the accident happened to his sister. I think the actor is the guy that played Boris in Snatch. I believe you are correct. Oh, damn. Um, One of the best things I liked about this was just not only how absolutely hopeless it felt, but once they got to the courtroom and they looked up and saw the Dementors, it was just like, oh, fuck. That was great. I love that. Because I'm like, ah, swimming little fucking tadpoles of death up there. Uh Uh-huh. That's not scary. Yes. And then seeing Umbridge wearing the locket at the same time, 
Cut. And then Hermione sitting there being the one taking notes for the whole trial, fake trial, and the fake trial being over the fact that the woman who had gotten her wand from Ollivanders was not a pure-blood wizard. So she was so, a wizard, but she I, was I, like, I thought, From what I remember, and I may be completely wrong, in the books, like, the woman was, like, a squib. Yes. That the wand still chose her. She couldn't do magic, but she got a wand, basically. In the book, right? yes. Yeah. In this, they don't necessarily say it, but that's why they they have her on trial. Um, one thing, okay, so, like, the first they enter, like, what is essentially the wizard government through a toilet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's that fucking was... something on nasty those. it is. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, they, the acting on this is fun. The fact that... The woman uh, is supposedly the wife of the guy that Ron transfigured himself into with the polyjuice yeah, potion. <laughs> and also, like, the all, all the scenes in this are great for me because they kind of... Now, this is the moment that this movie kind of brings back to, like, essentially what Harry Potter used to be. Like, the it's a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Even though the stakes are large, there's a bit of fun that used to exist in, like, the earlier movies where this movie has very little love. Understandably so, but... Um, I like the scene with uh, all three of the adult actors playing as them, and the fact that Umbridge gets involved. And then when you fast forward to the to, towards the end of the scenes where they get into the uh, the basement, and Umbridge is wearing the thing, uh, yeah, the locket. Uh, her um, uh, Patronus is a cat. Yeah. And it's like weird how they show it because it's like parts of like she's basically casting Patronus indefinitely. That's well, just to like keep holding the them at it's bay. to keep the dementors up above. Right. Yeah, so they don't it's, come it's down the only time. It's the first time I've seen that spell mm -hmm. cast that way. Usually, it's like, oh, I'm gonna like Harry Potter just shoots it out. Yeah, but she like has it there indefinite. <laughs> I also, and this is not like I can't take credit for this, but I did uh, read this somewhere where it's like, um, Umbridge can wear the locket without negative effects because. She is happiest being fucking terrible anyway. She yes, is like, exactly. She likes torturing and being evil. And like, all, like as you look as, as it goes on, obviously there are negative effects to wearing it. She has no problem wearing it day in, day out. Yeah, exactly. Good, good Which catch. is just, that, that just points even more to how pure evil this fucking bitch is. Is she pure well, that evil would... or was she... The thing is, like, her heart's... A lot of times it exploits your, like, heart's weakest weakness or whatever like at least what we see with ron it's explained a bit better in the book yes of how, how it's done but like the uh the thing is like she is she's in her element like torturing people mm -hmm. and it, it's shown and she's shown to have be a heartless motherfucker so it doesn't really impact her the same way as it impacts someone that yes. is good-hearted i will say you guys were talking about the acting was fun in this there was one scene where they had they were getting ready to go down to the, the courtroom or the trial mm -hmm. area, mm -hmm. and, and Ron, the character, says, <laughs> yeah. I don't, my wife, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do, my poor wife. And Harry looks at him and goes, Ron, you're not married. <laughs> Ron got lost in the sauce. Man. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, big time. It was great. Yeah. It's just a really well-crafted entire interaction. And they also established that the ministry, it's like ministry magic might, and they show the muggles being like underfoot of everybody. So yep. it, it does multiple things. It, it's really, 
a very well-made scene, the entirety of it. Yeah, this scene, it's not just the acting in it, the scenery itself for this scene, which it blown out of the, the park, man. The visuals, they, they, they show the, anytime they show the ministry, I'm blown away. I yeah. just love the way the ministry looks. Connor? I really don't have too much else to add to the scene, really. Although I, I was, maybe this is just me. Aside of that point about the about the necklace and Umbridge, I uh, felt like just on paper, like Umbridge wouldn't fit in with like Voldemort's plans. But he had like that that guy who was like kind of like the Ministry who was like under his wing, essentially, right? Kind of like the thing oh, is, gonna... she, she's not technically part of Voldemort's plans, right? No, she, she's just part of the Ministry of Magic and is also a fucking kind bitch. Of... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't think there's ever like a scene that directly involves her with Voldemort. But she's always had the inclination no. inclination to be like It it just seemed like their like their goals were a little bit mismatched and that maybe it was just like, Oh, it's because she was such a bitch in the last one, we're gonna bring her back. I'm I'm not I'm not upset either way. It just it just is a little bit of head scratching to me and maybe I was just thinking about it too much. But other than that, um no, I did love the scene, especially with the, the um the the line drop of you shall not tell lies, or you. You know what? It didn't make sense. <laughs> the line, the line itself didn't make sense, but it was no, it cool to hear it again. <laughs> exactly how I feel about Umbridge in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in the book, it's the same thing. She's wearing the locket. Yes. And they like, it, it's basically like she listens to whatever the Ministry does. The Ministry is being controlled by Voldemort, but we know it as an audience, and it's shared at that wedding. In the movie, but it's not. I don't think it's. It's not I, I widespread. The Order yet, of the how Phoenix controlled know. the Ministry is. It's only because Shacklebolt was the one there that he was able to get a message off to Arthur. It's like a Pokemon. Yeah. So that <laughs> it's not as widely known that the Ministry is actually owned by the Death Eaters now and Voldemort in in conjunction. And with she that, also kind so. of aligns her her allegiances towards being a fucking cunt so you know yeah exactly she's not going to question it when the ministry gets a bit more hardcore on things and also she she's still showing signs of being like oh i she doesn't like um the mixture muddled yeah. muddled magic right or it's, whatever. it's it's a it's a minor nitpick honestly for me in the grand scheme of things but other than that i, I really enjoyed this part um uh and and to, to second basement's thought of the um the visual of the ministry is is very very fun oh yeah always is um oh God, here we go. Yeah, when he, and when Ron gets splinched um for those who don't know what that is, it's basically a really fucking a painful splinter. <laughs> no, actually a yeah, like ripped apart kind of. Yeah, <laughs> part of you whatever part of you that is gripped by somebody who is not apparating at the time actually gets ripped off. So he literally Ooh. had a piece of his arm ripped off. <laughs> Can I can I just since since mention that part real quick? The visual of that was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I know we see it again in the next one, but like the, the next one's not as well. Actually, the next one's also fucking terrifying that we see. Yeah, but no, movie, this but... apparition was more terrifying because you hear Hermione screaming, "Hold on to me, Ron! Hold on to me!" And then they're in the forest, and she's like... panicking. And Hermione never panics, so we know something bad happened. Is it just me, or does that feel like it was like the beta testing for fucking teleportation uh, technology in Star Trek? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Even probably in this fucking universe. <laughs> a lot of Cronenbergs, Morty. A lot of Cronenbergs. 
Uh, and this is where they start their journey, really. So let's move on. As they apparate around the countryside to camp in secluded areas, Ron becomes increasingly suspicious that Harry and Hermione are becoming more than friends. While wearing the locket, Ron overhears Hermione discover that if they can find the sword of Gryffindor, they can destroy all of the Horcruxes. This realization that they must find another thing in a location they don't know, coupled with his rising suspicion and resentment, drives Ron to leave the group and return home. Harry and Hermione are forced to teleport away, leaving Ron no way to return, e even if he wanted to. Hermione takes his exit badly, so Harry dances to a radio with to a radio with her to try and cheer her up, but the romantic situation is too much for Hermione, making her revert back to sadness. Harry decides to visit Godric's Hollow, both because it would be the first time since Voldemort attacked him, and because he wishes to meet Bethelda Bagshot, who is the first woman to write the sit down with Rita Skeeter and write down the novella, or the biography, of Dumbledore, for those who don't know. Magical historic historian who claimed to know Dumbledore better than anyone. They find the church graveyard and Hermione notices that a grave bearing the name Ignatius Peveril has the same symbol on it as the one on Mr. Lovegood's necklace and in the book left for her by Dumbledore. Harry finds his parents' gravestone and an old woman approaches them as they pay their respects. This is where it got super creepy for me. Harry guesses that she is Bethilda, and they follow her home. Harry sees a picture of the teenager from Godric's Gregorovich's memory. Good God. As Bethilda leads him to the attic of the house, Hermione wanders around downstairs. She finds signs of a bloody attack whilst the woman in front of Harry decomposes before his eyes into Voldemort's, snakes, Voldemort's snake Nagini. After a fight, Harry and Hermione escape with the only casualty being Harry's wand. Hermione says that the teen from the memory was Gellerart Grindelwald. Now this, oh my god, so much information going on right here. If I am remembering correctly, the name Ignatius Peveril is actually an ancestor of Harry Potter who helped oh. create the Elder Wand. Huh. All right, then. Shit. For some reason, I thought that was like Wormtail or something like that, <laughs> or like a relative of his. Just no. The last name kind of no, but seemed bad also, and to, uh, to pile more on top of that, um, an ancestor of Voldemort's was also a former holder of the Elder Wand. So technically, both... Voldemort and Harry are the rightful owners to the Elder Wand because of that. Troy's not the eldest one at this point. Yeah! But it's fucking... Oh. So this is the beginning of, at least for me anyway, well, I shouldn't say the beginning, but like this is where things start to get slow. <laughs> The, the traveling around yeah. the country, the traveling around the countryside thing is slow, but again, those minor details that I said it, that sucks you back in and makes you realize they've been traveling for quite a while is when she sits down to give him a haircut. 
I no, get this is this is the uh, this is J.K. Rowling uh, being like, I'm going to do Lord of the Rings for the next 500 pages. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's it's it, it was frustrating a little bit in the book, but it's way more frustrating on screen because it, because they want they don't want to spend a, they don't want to spend an hour an hour and a half showing this. No. But if you make it like if you make it thirty minutes, I think it was around what it was. If you make it thirty minutes, you got to cram so much. A lot of it is nothing, and it still feels slow because it's traveling. But it's like you got to cram those story beats into that thirty minutes, which is kind of jarring at times. For me, it was at least. Yeah. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, that, that, that <laughs> it was, was that, it, it was tough. It was definitely jarring, especially seeing the growth of Ron. And how often he's wearing the locket, and just how much, how many times? Because it's not just the locket; it's also still Voldemort's he's mother's been, ring. And he's also fucking sick yeah. for a while there, trying to and come back. I, like, I was like, why don't you just? Why do you have to wear the locket? Evil dead. You, well, he's they're old, wearing he's it so that they don't misplace it. Why they did not put it in fucking Hermione's bag? They should I wear their know. wands all the time. That's what, that was. I mean, I get like the idea behind it is like, if it's kind of part of me, then I can't lose it. Someone could steal a bag. Someone could do this. Right. I mean, yes, someone could steal jewelry, but it, like knowing that it's having such a negative effect on you, and especially the fact that they're in such secluded areas, you think only at times where you're vulnerable would you be wearing it versus wearing it night and day constantly. It. it, it it's just like it's an obvious take on Lord of the Rings, yes. but it's executed poorly because I think just having it in your presence, like the ring in Lord of the Rings, should just impact you negatively. Yeah. Mm. The, the wearing it thing is kind of like ugh. it's a bit much. It's it's a bit it's a bit of a stretch. But you have him wearing it on and off. They're all taking turns wearing it. They all have those moments except for Hermione. Hermione goes into more of a depression mode when she's wearing it, whereas Harry becomes a bit more aggressive, like Ron. Uh, It's weird because I wish I wish they kind of foreshadowed a little bit more. I also wish it had like just the same effect on everybody. If it was not going to be like, if they're not going to go in depth exactly on what it does, then um, make it have the same effect on everybody and have everybody be kind of aggressive to to an certain extent. Yeah. I also fucking found like though the travel scenes were long and they were like, there's a lot of time spent like meandering a little bit. Uh, The times that they wanted to have that sting of this is the next story beat, it, it, some of them became a bit comical and especially the one where uh, Harry and Hermione are talking, and Ron steals the lights. <laughs> yeah, to get their yes. attention. Like, oh, I'm like here too. <laughs> I'm still here. You Looking can't see this. your precious books it's, now, bitch. <laughs> it's, it's so dramatic. I wrote Ron's descent to Smeagol begins. <laughs> Freaking he was the, starting the to other look part, like the Smeagol other part too. that was just like baffling to me is like you. you it, Things slow down, right? And then all of a sudden, you just look over, like, yeah, things are kind of what the fuck's with your eyes, Ron? Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, there was a scene where it's like, this man should not be walking. No, he should around, not like, be. And then on top of that, he's listening to this radio every day of 
names yeah. of people that have died because of the Death Eaters. It's just like, no wonder manifesto? you're fucking pissed. <laughs> Honestly, it's a scene that works. And though I, I did uh, got a little bit frustrated with it in the book, it works so much better in the book uh, yeah. than it does. It's re- This is one of the hardest scenes to like take and yeah. not make an hour out of and film that would still be boring. Yeah. So it's like there's it's a no win situation. Uh, as far as that goes, the the whole like traversal was just, it, this is where I say pacing because the movie hits off with a bang and then just and then it slows <laughs> down and then it comes to a screeching halt and the halt is too long. Yes. Yeah. I know you can't there's no way to really this is why I said like there's really no way to do this better. To be honest, unless you have yeah. like, unless you have twelve hours of a TV show and you can dedicate a bit more time and growth well, to it, funny you movie say wise, that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movie wise, I don't think you can do it better than the way that they did it. They, no, there really uh, wasn't. I also uh, I... fucking chuckled when they're <laughs> it's like, wait, Batilda backshots. <laughs> <laughs> Bethilda Bagshot, yeah, the fucking the, the the names of some of these fucking people. Oh my god. Um, I thought visually, um, Godric's Hollow was very intriguing. Yeah, it's also a really nice change from what we have been seeing, which is woods, just countryside, and woods. A lot of Groot. And uh, you know what? The the IMDb thing that you're reading uh, does say that like, oh, uh, she can't handle the, the like the romantic something something about the romantic dance. Like, I don't. I didn't, that wasn't a romantic scene at all. Yo, to me. No, that was just two friends well, trying to help each other, and then it just became the original, too much. The for original her. Harry didn't have pants on, so maybe that's where they got the <laughs> idea from that. But I don't know. My wand is reacting to you. Oh, is that my snitch? <laughs> <laughs> Dobby, be your wingman. <laughs> Dobby will watch from a closet. Who wants to do a soaking party? House elves have dicks. <laughs> they do have genders, so how they discern those genders, I don't know. <laughs> I just love how you cold stop the conversation. <laughs> and so, I don't think house elf has dicks. <laughs> yeah, but, um. They get to Godric, Godric Hollow and the old this lady. This scene in the book was fucking amazing, and the movie was Not... pretty good too. No, no, the movie, no, the movie good, did but... a very good job of interpreting yeah. what was in the book, but reading the book, it was just like, okay, I need to stop for a second because my mind is going places it doesn't need to go right now. Because <laughs> yeah, I would always great... read just before bed. So it's like I'm I'm gonna be dreaming of this shit and I'm gonna end up peeing in my bed and I'm fucking sixteen years old. <laughs> the the gra- the graveyard scene particularly, which was I know we we just bitched about the pacing, which mm-hmm. we, we still will, but, but that, that's, um, that's, that's that the was the problem with the pacing for me was prior to that. That whole thirty minute walk fest was a big problem, but it's an unavoidable problem. Anyways, yeah. No, I was just saying is that like that's that uh, the the graveyard scene was a was a nice somber moment that let something breathe. Harry you, finally you, got his closure to say goodbye to his parents because he's able to see their grave. But at the same token, I almost peed my pants laughing when you have this quiet moment. Hermione creates the the flowers and it's very beautiful. Merry Christmas, Hermione! Like fucking dick. What do you say <laughs> to that? <laughs> fucking <laughs> asshole! Like I don't wait. We, like Hermione didn't say anything. I'm like, you're damn right. Like, what the fuck are you gonna say? Someone's watching us from the corner. <laughs> is the answer to that? Yeah. <laughs> I, it was just fucking. I, 
the, the old lady too. She's standing there. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, I have noted here. She gets away <laughs> quickly. I, I, I love. I love the amount of like assumption that goes on. I ain't following someone like that. Oh I'm hell sorry. no! No, I'm uh-uh. out immediately. <laughs> no, I see her over here. I'm going this way. <laughs> well, I love how it just she takes her fucking sweet ass time and it's just like, I've been spotted. Shuffle, 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 <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> like and the fact that they follow her into a fucking domicile afterwards. Oh god, <laughs> that wild. has zero lighting. Yeah, she hasn't and said a word. Covered wall she just looks at you, with fucking quivering. Yes, that's not a yes, old. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's just like holy fuck, man. I, the balls on these guys for following. But they, them, the, at the same time, you know, the stupidity of it. <laughs> you know what though? Like the the story at this point needed this to happen. Uh, on a movie scale, but also in the books, like whatever. The they they needed like an uptick in something. And I like the fact that they went more with the horror element. Yes. Yeah. Than like just another action beat. Though there is action to it, it's still. I, and Jesus I love Christ what tips Harry him Potter. off is what and he, <laughs> she doesn't decompose in front of his eyes. It's all happening behind him as he's walking to the only lighted room within the whole fucking house. And it ends up happening to be his fucking bedroom when he was a baby. That's the thing that like completely something it threw me off because they bust okay they're in this old fucking rotten out rotten out house right uh-huh. and they bust through and it's like I'm like what the fuck is with this creepy ass bedroom that's well lit and very well taken care of and well lit with electricity not candle lit. So I went online and I searched because I was like, what the fuck is up with this room? Most people are like, oh, it's the adjoining house. But from what I recall, the adjoining house was Harry Potter's house. Yeah. Yep. So I'm wondering if there's like some sort of like fuckery at place to be like, this was your baby room. And it's like a visual fuck fest. Yeah. That's exactly what because it was. Because I don't think it's actually there, but yeah, that, that's what I think they were going for. Because, like, you break through one wall and you're in, like, fucking 1928. His in, like, the worst fucking place in the world. And that bitch a snake. <laughs> I know, and you bust through it. It's fucking the cl- cleanest baby room I've ever seen in my life. Well, it was never used, so. <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> but then revealing that the... Bathilda is now dead, and Nagini has taken over. That seeing that in the movie form, after reading it in the book, I still prefer the book version over the movie version. Though the movie version is still very good. Well, in general, when you're going to have like book to film adaptation, I don't think I, I don't I don't think there's ever been. A time where I'm like, man, the movie was better than the book. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that about any adaptation of that ever. Not just Harry Potter. I'm talking in general. The thing is, I've I've watched things that I've read the book of and that kind of live up to the book. Right. Right. Uh, and Harry Potter, for the most part, kind of does. As a whole, like, it, it's a very yeah. I can pinpoint certain scenes, but there are certain scenes that the movie do does better than the book. Yeah. As well. So. Hmm. But yeah, I get you. Which one of those scenes is coming up here not too shortly, but um moving right along with the story. No. Now. <laughs> uh 
Um, in the forest where they spend the night, Harry sees a Patronus doe watching over them and follows it to a frozen pond. He discovers the sword of Gryffindor at the bottom, and as he swims down to get it, the locket goes crazy and attempts to drown him. That Ron was a fucking... I love that. Yeah. Ron appears and saves the day with Harry... You by ginger-headed fuck, I love you. Ron appears and saves him with Harry convincing Ron to destroy the locket with the sword. Harry opens it using parcel tongue. As it opens, this part here... Whoo! As it opens, a ghostly black cloud erupts from it while it shows Ron horrific shows Ron horrific images including spiders. A ghostly Harry tells Ron that Mrs. Weasley wanted him as a son whilst a ghostly Hermione mocks him, asking him why she'd chosen him over the chosen one before they begin kissing. Ron angrily attacks the locket, destroying it with the sword before he returns to the tent with Harry. Hermione is furious at Ron for leaving and returning as if nothing happened, but the trio decide to visit Mr. Lovegood to find out about the mysterious symbol. The, oh, my God. There's a lot to like in this. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. to like in this. I, I, I gotta say one thing first. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. <laughs> and it's not even my opinion, but I had, long ago I watched the fucking pitch meeting for this. and <laughs> <laughs> So you don't want the Horcrux to be destroyed, yet it's going to show you everything that makes you want to destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, yeah. It kind of makes no sense, but uh, <laughs> that's all I wanted to add before you. Because, all right, the movie's going to have to fair <laughs> enough. Hey, shut up now, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that, oh, that the scene because this is before we find out with that flashback between snape and dumbledore in the second part of this what's yes. going on so before knowing any of that going on harry seeing the patronus of a doe makes us all wonder who the fuck is helping him and how the fuck do they know that the sword is there I don't know. <laughs> but this, the, the, him <laughs> stripping down to his skivvies, diving into a frozen fucking lake. You're a dumbass, Harry. <laughs> I blame the necklace. I, I thought the necklace, like, coming to, coming sentient and, like, trying to, like, save itself slash kill Harry was pretty fucking fun. Yeah, that, that, was, that was genius, in my opinion. Uh, but then him not being able to find his way back out of the ice either at the same time. Oof. That that's one of my fears. Yeah. If I, if ever I fall into yeah. frozen waters and I can't get back out because I can't find the hole I fell through. Oof. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. That sentence. <laughs> I, I have similar problems. <laughs> Not with ice. <laughs> Sometimes with ice. Sometimes with ice. Depends the, how cold the, it is. Uh, one thing I'll say though, like the the sh them showing the dope Patronus. Um, it it doesn't work as well in the movie because anytime we see like it, the visualization of Patronuses have been like hit and miss in the movie, where a lot of the time it's just like a blinding light. Yeah. So when they yeah. show like a well like formed one, you it, it takes a minute to kind of like connect the dots. Yeah. And I think a lot of viewers don't think it's a Patronus. A lot of people that watch this movie and were waiting for the next one and didn't read the books are like, okay, so yeah. it's like a guiding light. Yeah, this is okay. your guardian angel angel telling you where to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think the connection was there. 
And I, I mean, that's the fault, I think, of previous iterations, not yes. really showing uh, Patronus in its enough in its full form. Yeah, I agree. And it's also kind of difficult because Patronuses can look like everyone has their own, right? Yes. They do a good job. They show, um, uh, what's her face, the cat one earlier on Bridges. On Bridge, yeah. But uh, it's not um, emphasized enough, I guess. Order of the Phoenix, I think it was. They show a bunch of the army. kids, like, there's a dog, there's a rabbit. Luna's, a, Luna's is an otter. Yeah, it's oh, just yeah. that there's, I guess there's not there's not enough significance put on the... Because you uh, don't really see the Patronuses bouncing around. You see the camera doing the circle around the kids while they're holding their wands up. You see little flashes of the Patronuses, but you never see the action. You don't fully clearly yeah. see the Patronuses floating in the air. I mean, anybody that wanted to do, like, a more-than-surface-level dive on it would get what it is. Yeah. But, like, the generic audience wouldn't really connect those dots. And it, it's all, honestly, like, a nitpick I have with the next movie, too, because yeah. of that. Uh -huh. But anyways. But then I love how they just skip over the fact that, yeah, Hermione's so pissed. She first smiles when she sees Ron, and then she's like, Oh, right, fucker. Poof. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. That's... Part of course. Yeah, yep. It is, um, and then his speech that makes her forgive him. I had this, and I kept hearing your voice. Your voice was my guiding light, Hermione. <laughs> like what a weird instrument. <laughs> <laughs> it steals lights. It takes you to where can, you want to go. Someone it explain these light bolt, this this fucking weird light bright bullshit because. Um, there's no instructions with this thing, and quite frankly, I, I've I, I've stolen my nightlight. I don't know how to get it back. I, I'm very confused. And then there's like a humming. The biggest thing for me I mean, is Chinese. The way that they portray it in the movie is that he was off in a fucking pub in the middle of nowhere, and he clicked the light, and the light w went through him. This is Nate's Patronus telling him where to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. But it's. How is it connected to the device? And there's questions. Yeah, and how the fuck did he hear Hermione's voice telling him where they were? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, uh, Patronus. Uh, uh, Pat it's weird because the Patronus is supposed to be like your own favorite memory, but maybe if it went through him, it kind of awakened his favorite memory or memory of his favorite per person. I don't know. I'm fucking making the movie make trying to make sense. Trying to make it make sense. Yes. <laughs> Movie make make am make good until <laughs> turn tables have turned. Anything else to add, Connor? Uh, Ron destroying the Horcrux uh, visually was both fantastic, terrifying, and also fucking hilarious. Oh my god! The, because just, the, 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 Harry and Hermione coming out stark yep. ass fucking naked. Yep. <laughs> yep. I I have on here. Um, may not join stream FBI at door. <laughs> <laughs> They're of age now. They can. Yeah. Now. <laughs> now. Now. <laughs> but, um, like it, it is, it, it visually. And, and I, I like the idea of Ron conquering his fears and all that stuff. But like, I like to pay some points. Like, so it's telling you the things you hate, making you angry and want to destroy it. Right, it's not giving you any fucking incentive for you to keep it around. Yeah. So good on you, Horcrux. I'm sure you're gonna do well. Um, 
yeah, no, visually it was like very, but besides from that, it was very visually like wonderful, terrifying, but also fucking hilariously close to pedo. But <laughs> it was still, uh, it, it was still, uh, I, I didn't enjoy that. Hilariously close to pedo. Yep. That's a sentence. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's, a lot of sen- there's a lot of sentences we've gotten this evening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's going to be plenty of clips for it later. Woo! <laughs> um,. I love how it also skips over the fact that they somehow knew that they had to go to Mr. Lovegood's. They don't go over that conversation well, no, they, they, of seeing they, they the necklace kind of and then the book and then, yeah. Well, I mean, Hermione comes back in and she's like, I was looking over this uh, fucking book she picked up from Backshots that says, um, that it's Rita Skeeter's and it's like, it shows like a document signed by Albus Dumbledore and it has the symbol that's been reoccurring to them. Yeah. I don't know how Hermione's like, I want to talk to this guy. Uh, well, I guess, um, but like visually the last time we saw that symbol was Harry, from Harry's point of view. It was because the document she was holding had something to do with the quibbler and he was the main owner and proprietor and editor for the quibbler. I thought it was because they got like something from him that had the same symbol on it. I don't yeah, know. They've the seen symbol, the symbol was, whatever. The symbol they had first seen they had first seen the symbol inside Hermione's copy of the Beetle and the Beetle the Bard. Yeah. And then I know it's Harry saw it on his necklace. Yep. And then they had that whole conversation with Victor Crumb at the wedding saying that it was a hateful thing. But yeah. God. And we're almost at the end, guys. Um, almost there. Almost <laughs> there. <laughs> Which, the, the, this coming scene is just... Whew. At the Lovegood house, Mr. Love, Lovegood teaches them about the Deathly Hollows. An invincible elder wand, a res- resurrection stone, and the invisibility cloak. And tells them the story of the three P- Peveril brothers who owned them all. When the group attempts to leave, Mr. Lovegood reveals that Death Eaters have taken his daughter Luna and that he must keep them there before they give her back. They escape the ensuing attack but, ap- but apparate to a previous camping ground where a group of snatchers are, await- are waiting to capture them and take them to the ministry. That's not what happens. Hermione uses a sting hex on Harry's face to disfigure it, but the snatchers see the scar under the swelling. Instead, they take the trio to Malfoy Manor to collect the reward for Harry's capture. We're going to pause there. (sighs) Seeing Mr. Lovegood in the state that he's in now compared to what he was at the wedding. Heartbreaking. Yep. Every parent in the room knows that's exactly what they would look like if their kid went missing. I mean, he he would he would look better than I did if that was to me. That's for damn sure. But um, this part was a little. There's a big question mark I have on this. Ask away. The concept of the Deathly Hallows, those three items. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, the, so, the entire concept behind them. Yeah. The legend of the story is: is these items were gifts from death itself to help them prevent their own premature death in a sense yep. or to to deal with a death that they have had mm-hmm. with the elder wand it is supposed to be the most powerful wand and it is supposed to prevent the person who is the wand's owner from dying 
to unscrupulous manners in ways, in certain ways, I'd be able to be the most powerful wizard on the planet, which is why Voldemort wanted it so much. Okay, that, that's kind of that's kind of what I was assuming based off of the way it was described and, yes. the, and the, the the folklore of it. Um, but I wasn't 100 percent sure if that was. And obviously, we know what the last scene is of the fucking movie. So um, all he needs needs out is that fucking cloak. He, well, he has the cloak. Well, he does. He has all three. He has all three. The fuck did I miss that's that on? That's how he becomes the master of death. Yes. The invisibility cloak is left to him in the second first movie. Yes. Second movie. Yeah. The second movie. We use, oh, oh I, I thought I think it's been Voldemort had it. I'm like, how the no, fuck did Voldemort no, get no, it? No, 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 no. Harry no, has all three. Like the, Harry has the, two he, of them, but he doesn't know he has two of them. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Voldemort has none of them. Right. <laughs> well. Well. I mean, no, he, he never right has now, any of them. Right at this point in the movie, he has none. <laughs> he never has any of them. He never owns any of them. Right. Never owns them, but he does physically carry one. So. Yeah, he does physically carry one. But like, uh, I actually love the uh, the way that they did this because yes. it, it shows it in a way different than. I, I just love the animation of it. It, it works for me at such yes. a high level, and then it's like it's a basic story. So I love the way that they tell it. Mm-hmm. It looks basic, but there's like a lot of actual like artwork being put into it. Um, also, it explains exactly what's going to happen moving forward. That's uh, another one of my favorite scenes in here is the telling of that story. And, and the fact that it's the Ron idea. telling that story yeah. and not Hermione. Yeah. yeah. True. Babbity wabbity. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Babbity wabbity. You've never Nobody heard else. of babbity wabbity? Mom used to read it to me all the time. Uh, Harry, <laughs> Harry lived under a cupboard. Mighty has fucking muggles for parents. Yeah, exactly. She has dentists for parents. She was reading books about teeth. <laughs> no, I, I like the I like that um, the way they integrate it and the fact that we know, like, I mean, as viewers, we know of certain things. Mm-hmm. We know of the cloak, um, and we there's obviously this movie does a lot of talk about the elder one. We have the the thing that threw me off is like the uh, the the stone of like bringing people back to life or whatever. The resurrection stone, yes. Yeah, the resurrection stone. At, at times, I was like, man, when I was younger and I was reading this, I'm like, is that the fucking Nicholas Flamel's fucking stone of living forever or whatever it was? No, that was the philosopher's stone. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the the one thing when I was younger when I was reading the books that I kind of like. Oh, I know what that is, and I was completely wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's also at this time that Harry has already figured out. You know, wait. I didn't catch the snitch with my hand the first time. And that's when he first kisses it. And then he gets that message across it saying, I open at the close. So that's, that was the first foreshadowing of this movie of where the second object is. So it's, it's, I mean, it would have been really nice for Dumbledore to leave. You're looking for the Deathly Hollows instead of a book. <laughs> He's like a fucking escape room. As a, as a person, or you know, some some sort of official document that might only be notable to Harry, like I don't know, a will. <laughs> well, his will. I am leaving a, a deluminator to Ron so that he will see a doe how, and follow it. How and I'm leaving is. three books <laughs> of my of my personal favorite choice when I was a child to Hermione Granger. 
so that she will read it and understand it. I get it's like playing to the strengths of each character. I'm starting to think Dumbledore isn't as smart as he thinks he I'm says he to is. I think he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he definitely is. <laughs> yeah, he's 100. But that's and uh, that's also great. I did love that part. They described the scene of their capture completely fucking wrong because they did not go back to a previous camping spot. They went somewhere different and created a shield. However, the shield was not strong enough or complete enough because the Snatchers smell her perfume through the shield. I remember that. Really? Yes. Because huh. you remember the lead Snatcher is sitting there and he's like, I smell something. And he gets like this close to Hermione's oh, face but doesn't yeah, see okay. her. And he goes, perfume. Yeah. <laughs> and now ensues... Connor's favorite scene. Directed yes. by Michael Bay. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, the chase scene. Yes, they're running through the forest trying to get away from them. Fucking ping, 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 ping. And you're literally, you're literally hearing ping, ping, ping. Where is there fucking I, metal in this goddamn forest? I, I don't know why this style bugs me in this con i think it's because of the it's it's in this movie like in, like you don't think of this type of style of like yeah. fast pace like you, you know what i mean like it just doesn't yeah. feel like it fits with it when you've had all these other uh, honestly the, the combat scenes in this movie have been pretty fucking great i haven't had any major complaints about it but then you just like switch gears to this and it's just like shaky cam can't focus shaky cam over oh man overhead overhead down down duck around oh man we can't keep up shaky cam shaky cam like it just it fucking I don't know. That that shit bugs me just be, like, just because of it just happens to be towards the end in this frame. I don't know. It, just, it doesn't feel like it fits. Well, yeah. What That's also annoyed me was the fact that like up until this point, this trio was taking on everybody and won. And in and, and the case of the Snatchers being a fucking low-level fucking villain, yep. they have to run away from them. It's like, man, you fucking destroyed half the fucking Dark Wizards on the planet. We and also now have you're to remember, be like, oh, can't fight these guys. You have to remember, have though, they're point. also short a wand. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because yeah, Harry's got, wand, is, he does Harry's have a wand. wand broken Godric's hollow. Well, he's got uh, he's got some random wand that doesn't work well with him. Yeah. So he's it's, like it's ten inches. It's not really that much to talk about. But if you've seen one, you've seen them all. But and then Hermione hitting Harry with the stinger curse. The genius of him to sit there and give Dudley Dursley as his name. Uh, well, Dudley's got his fucking mark on his back now. Sup, Big D? Yeah. Big D. <laughs> the, the, the one thing I find funny is the next and also what I remember fucking pitch meeting. Like, so you're wondering if it's Harry Potter yet he's hanging around with Hermione and Ron and. You, you have no idea. <laughs> He doesn't have ID. Yeah, sure. take him to the <laughs> For him sure, in, we like, have to okay. be sure. <laughs> like, I'll wait till you, you tell that scene. <laughs> yeah, we're up to it now. We're up to it now. Uh, since the Malfoys and Bellatrix Lestrange can't be sure the disfigured wizard is Harry, despite the fact he's traveling <laughs> with Ron and Hermione, they refrain from summoning Voldemort until the swelling has gone down. However, Bellatrix sees the sword and believes it to be her, be in her vault at Gringotts Bank. She imprisons Harry and Ron in a cellar where they find Luna, Ollivander, and a goblin. Bellatrix re 
Bellatrix, meanwhile, brutally tortures Hermione to try and find out how they stole the sword. Wormtail takes the goblin upstairs to be interrogated, and Harry summons Dobby. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Yes? Who frees Luna and Ollivander before breaking Harry and Ron out? They go to rescue Hermione and the goblin, but despite winning the duels with Dobby's help, Harry manages to win Draco's wand and picks up Bellatrix... Bellatrix wand. Bellatrix throws a knife that stabs and kills Dobby as they disapparate. Harry gives Dobby a proper burial on the beach where they appear. The movie ends with Voldemort opening Dumbledore's tomb and taking the Elder Wand. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Uh, I love the ending. Uh, I love the ending because one thing that I, I actually like about the scene with them escaping out of the Malfoy's uh, mansion is that it is not a big, like, all-stakes, all-in moment. It is them just trying to get the fuck out of there. Right. So it's not as no shit because it's a p- movie's called Part 1, but uh, it's, not, um, it's not a high-stakes moment. They're just trying to get the fuck out of Dodge, and obviously it ends with... Another fucking tragic moment of the best character that was the biggest pimp in this side of Hogwarts. <laughs> um, so it's just another another layer of another loss on top of everything else and the shit hitting the fan. And personally, I always love cliffhangers when it's like pretty uh, pretty crystal clear what the what the threat is and uh, the idea of um, Voldemort holding up the Elder Wand and just fucking like the light, the sky changing. Lightning jizz. Lightning jizz. The two of those things, it reminds me of, like a good show or like sitcom or, or not sitcom, but like a good show where like you have these two things back to back where it's like, how could it get any worse? And then it cuts to it getting worse. Oh, yeah. Like it's just something. Something about that, like, just like, created like a nostalgia feel for me as far as the writing, and I, I, I really, really liked it because I thought it was a pretty solid cliffhanger to end a uh, part one movie on. I mean, it's it's the right moment if you're gonna split the last book into two to end it on. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong, but it's also like for me, it's like okay, the last movie ended with Dumbledore flying off the fucking top of the tower, well, and he didn't then fly, the, the, flying oh, yeah. in the air. <laughs> He flew for 10 seconds. Dropped. Until he hit the ground. <laughs> Whatever. Gravity. <laughs> and, and them, like, basically being defeated and losing out. And then the, this movie kind of hits the same story beats. So, the, like, in terms of, like, oh, you're going to end with, like, a big death of a character and them kind of losing out. So, though I think it's, like, it's a weird choice to have, like, Normally, if you if you read or watch any movie, it's like the hero's journey is going to be like, yeah, you're down and out, and then you take a step up. This is like you're down and out, and then you're down and out more. Yeah, <laughs> and then you take a step up, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And I get like, uh, yeah, well, I get why they're why they do it because they have to kind of. Um, there's really no way to like portray the last book in one movie. I know Boto said it should have been a two-hour movie. There's just no way. It's no. impossible. People will, like people are just gonna like any fan is gonna be like, you left out everything. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, there's really even even in like the five hours that the movie links are together, 
there's no way to portray everything that's in that book. Okay. And no. people are still, and myself included, are kind of upset that they did leave things on the cutting room floor. Um, as far as it goes for like the scene when we get captured, I found like, and I, I like the. Um, Bellatrix the strange cutting mud blood into her arm is pretty fucked up. That is like that that's is going cool. back to like the Holocaust type shit. Yeah, and to show just because... how twisted Bellatrix is, she's using a knife and physically carving it in. She's not using magic to do it. She is physically doing it. Oh, it's but, cool. good but, but this whole th- this whole movie is there's like a lot of they relate a lot to like the Holocaust because there is like a lot of propaganda going on in the Ministry of Magic. We see like all those people like just printing those uh fight mudbloods or whatever it was like yeah. you know those those the propaganda pieces and all the like the actual artwork in the ministry of them standing on people. Yeah. And the fact that it's put on her arm exactly pretty much to it almost to a t for where those numbers were written yeah. mm-hmm. for holocaust victims so it's like they're definitely going with that yeah. and it's it's shown where she's like i mean i, I give it up to hermione Grinch's actress because she's like that is a really pretty powerful scene with her being fucking tortured there again they show the fucking mirror and this is the plot point I'm talking about. Yes. Whereas you don't establish what that shit does. This just comes out of nowhere and people are like, oh, Dobby's here. Yeah. <laughs> which is why this, which is, it's, it, he doesn't summon Dobby. He looks into the mirror and says, please help us. Hoping the person that's on the other side of the fucking mirror will come and help them. And then you get me. And, and this is the thing from my understanding. Isn't, okay. Isn't the person on the other side Aberforth? Yes. Yes, right? Okay, it's Dumbledore's brother. Yes. Who's Amber Heard? <laughs> Amber Heard? She's oh. hitting in the bed. <laughs> she's she Amber Fifth. <laughs> Amber Deuce Deuce. All right, anyways, like the, um, yeah, the, that whole scene, it, 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 again, this, this is where, like, most of this movie is fucking gold. Yeah. But, like, there's certain things, like that 30-minute fucking walk around and the mirror, which is a big plot point that they just fucking... It'll make sense to nobody except if you read the book. And then if you didn't read the book, just ask somebody that read the book and you'll get it. Like, they're really they're really relying on the fan base that already exists. Uh, I, I like the fact that uh, this is, like, Dobby's shining moment. And yeah. he fucking drops the chandelier and gets stabbed in the chest. <laughs> like, I mean, during the books, I guess this is, like, one of the more uh, emotional beats in the books yeah. and in the movies, to be honest. Uh, but if you didn't read the book, like you didn't have. Mistakes. If you didn't read the book, you didn't have as deep of an emotional connection to Dobby as just watching the movies. Because like JP, he hasn't read the books yet, so he doesn't understand why people loved Dobby so much. Dobby's such an easy in character the books, to like. He's in every book from yeah. his, from his introduction. He is in every book at least once since that. He's point. a character that has a, a a very understandable story arc. Yeah, and it's like a, like the, like the. Anybody that hates hates on the character is just I don't know. I, like I get it. Like he's a very like one dimensional character in the movies, mm-hmm. but he's he's also like there's really no reason to not like the character. Yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> but I, one thing with this is um, I love that when they first bring him in and they face him to Mal- to Draco. And they're, oh, that, t- they're, yeah. they're, and they're asking, is it him, Draco? Is it? Is it him? And Harry just gives that subtle, don't fucking say shit. 
head shake. And Malfoy is just like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> this is again why, like, it's such a... There's such a missed opportunity with Malfoy's yeah. character yes. because in this moment he, he he obviously knows who it is and he doesn't say anything and his dad questions him. His dad, this is my point of contention with him traveling with Ron and Hermione. His dad knows yes, yes. that those guys travel in the same fucking thing, but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> and just I get, a, it's just an idiot. But no, but I I get it. Like I get what they're doing because like if Malfoy's like no, it doesn't really look like him, and he's like yes, it's him. Yes, it's him. Malfoy's probably gonna get in trouble for not identifying him if his dad fucking knows. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it also kind of like further because this at the beginning of this movie it starts where uh, if they if you look at Malfoy he's all fucking like his dad Lucius is all disheveled. He gets his fucking wand taken from him, demasculated. There, there's reasons for him being a kind of on the fence, but he that, that I wish they left the line out where he's like. If we deliver Harry Potter to the Dark Lord, everything will be better now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's taken our home. We've given him our home. If we return Harry Potter to him, we will get all of this back. Who fucking cares about your material things? How about getting your fucking life back to fucking together there, dude? I, I, I wish they, they changed that line. And what was more like... Something a bit more like with Lucius knowing it's Harry and kind of like being a fucking father to his kid for once. Because, like, the, the next time we see these guys, for the most part, they're fucking walking away from Hogwarts in the second movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a moment there that was kind of lost, but it is what it is. Yeah, and I... I've... They kind of hinted at Wormtail's hand being a problem for him. <laughs> However, in the book, the hand tries to strangle him. I don't remember that shit. He might like that though. That's the problem. I mean, that's still. In the book, I, I... in the book, the hand gives him troubles. It doesn't obey him. It doesn't work with him the way his hand is supposed to work. It tries to kill him. It beats him up every day. That's fucking. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? Like, okay, I don't, I don't remember, but it makes perfect sense. Even in this. It would make sense of them inserting it in this movie because when, like, the first scene, and there's another, like, the first scene with Voldemort, he's got this table filled with people. Wormtail's not at the table. Even though he fucking brought this Take motherfucker back, he brought him back from the dead. He did the most important fucking task. Yep. He's like, he's treated like a fucking dog that nobody wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. What I, 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 another thing I wish they could have added in, and it's really, it was really just another foreshadowing part in the third movie. There was a dinner scene involving the professors and Dumbledore and Ron, Harry, and Hermione. And they're all sitting at the same table, and Professor Trelawney comes in, and Dumbledore stands up. And she sits. Oh, I remember. Yeah, and she sits there and says, "No, no, no! I cannot join." When there are thirteen people, the twelfth person at the table to stand is the one to die. And at that point, we didn't know, because at the table there's only, in the book at the table there's only ten people. No, there's only eleven people. Right. However, Ron had scabbers in his pocket. So that would make it 12. There's a, there's a lot of, like, undercover genius in the, yes. uh, yeah. the book. Yeah, for, for every, like, plot hole and shit, 
JK Rowling's just like, hey, ain't really gonna explain that. Like the story, uh, the main story beat she wants to explain, she does a really good job of like including things that are gonna be like on the second read or third read or right. third watch and be like, oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's then it's also like a grown man sleeping with Ron. <laughs> like, uh, you get what you get uh the dobby death i is pretty impactful for most most people uh it fucking better be yeah. <laughs> it, it's like the it's really like that's the moment that's like oh it's the death of innocence in this story until you get to the last part uh <laughs> after watching this movie and reading all the books and having an emotional reaction when reading the books and not, like knowing what's coming in the movies. Uh, now in this one, I'm like, what if he didn't bury him? He just fucking dropped him and you see like the yeah, just throw him into the water bring his body in. His <laughs> face down in the water behind them. The high I, eyeballs popped over. open. Oh my god. That'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, I do love the touch of them going to uh, Ron and Bill's aunt's house. Instead of going to where Aberforth is, right away because oh. that, it gives them that breathing space to start Much the next needed, movie. Like, yeah. yeah, stoppage. I do like the fact that they handled like okay, they went and they he's like I want to bury him and they buried him and it's a nice looking place and I like the fact that in like real real world people go and leave shit there, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I also love that he said no magic. We do it the proper way. With magic. No, they didn't use magic. They dug the hole themselves. But th- that is the end of... Digging holes by yourself is real hard. <laughs> I if, know. Only we, if only we had an elf to do this. <laughs> Creature, Creature, get in here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The uh, okay, I, I will say like there's just there's a part where um the there's like stone topping to Dumbledore's grave is being moved and it yes. looks just absolutely terrible CGI wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks yeah, I was like, like the, oh my god. Oh my god. I can't remember what game it what PC game it was back in the nineties, but it it looked like the opening credit scene to that game. Like Passion that game first. developer's it, logo. It just, in the it's 90s. the fact that it looks like super fake and that it's kind of like done quite slowly. It just it's like it they, hangs it's, on that for a bit. It's Christ. like they only rendered the white blocks without actually putting in the stone. <laughs> I, I think it's just the fact that like when it comes to like like one color blocks and yeah. they're carved in a manner that doesn't look real. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not going to look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know. Course, I just fucking. I want to know if it was Finance's idea, or if it was the director's idea for him to get this close to Dumbledore's dead face before he took the wand. Hey, I have a, kiss me. Kiss me, Dumbledore. But that is the end of the movie. Whoop, whoop. We are now at the point of overall thoughts, start to finish. And Basement, we will start with you since we started with Connor at the beginning. I mean, I pretty much expressed what I thought about this movie. Overall, it is definitely a good movie. Um, and on a first watch, I think you're going to appreciate it a lot more yes. than on rewatches because there's moments that kind of drag a bit. Uh, I There's so many things I like about this movie the only things I really don't like are the, the middle 30 minute pacing. Like I said, you can't really do anything about that. No, it, it's an unfortunate side effect to it being a part one to a part two. 
and it being a gigantic ass book that doesn't really have a it's paced like a gigantic ass book so good luck um other than that i mean the ending for me it still has it's good it's not great but it never would be like the problems i have with this is it being part one (laughs) <laughs> like the, yeah. that's mainly the problems I have with it, and it's unavoidable. That, that being said, though, uh, what was the last? The last one was Half Blood Prince, and I think I gave it like an eight point two five or something, or something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, this, I'm I'm probably going to land. I'm probably going to land around an eight point. I might go 8.25 or 8.5 with this. It's somewhere in between there. I don't know if it's better than the last one, but they have completely different failings. Yeah. <laughs> like, like as as like an adaptation, I think it's better than the last one because it's ad- adapting pretty well. It's just like the adaptation would never really work out to be a super great movie for me. I'm going to give it an 8.5. 8. 8.3. Yeah, 8. Let's go with that. Okay. Connor? So, as I said in the beginning, uh, kind of reverberating what I mentioned earlier, much like Basement just did a second ago, I, I, re- I, I was blown away by how much, like how powerful this movie was. It's still not my favorites. I still reserve those for Order of the Phoenix and... Um, um, Goblet of Fire, but it still had a lot of. This is where you're starting to get some, either some or build to some payoff mm-hmm. for everything. Obviously, spoilers. Next week is probably going to be a lot more payoff. Um, but this is where, like, you can finally start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Although it's filled with fucking dead bodies, but the point is, um. I still love the the beginning and the end of the movie were my favorite parts because it just like again the the tonal shift at the beginning and then the the pretty solid cliffhanger. Yes, it does drag in pieces here and there, but I still thought the the good of it still outweighed the not so good. I wouldn't go as high as an eight, but I get as probably damn close to it as I possibly could. So like a seven point nine 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 there's a lot to like about this. Uh, you know, there's still some hiccups, but I think the hiccups are very far and few between compared to the good that's that's in this movie. Okay. It's fair enough. I mean, for me, because this is only part one, and because they had to drag it out the way they had to drag it out with both how the book was written and how they were able to actually adapt it to the movie it kind of it brings it down for me um again i was with basement with the 8.25 for the last one uh i am actually at a solid eight for this one for me because of it's a part one there were a few things missing and as basement mentioned if you don't explain the mirror for the casual fan watching it you're not going to get that same Mm -hmm. kind of feel for it as somebody who has read the books. Um, But again, even in the books, the mirror's not fully explained until 
they meet up with Aberforth. So it, it's one of those juggles of just trying to get the story to be consistent enough for you to understand everything that's going on and leading you to the giant buildup before the final payoff. And that drag out scene of them traveling around. Yes, it gave you moments where it's like, okay, they've been traveling for three, four, five months at this point because now they're at the point where they need haircuts and they're at the point of... Yeah, they're at the point of being at Christmas when they're supposed to be the beginning of the school year and whatnot. So, because of it being a part one and the pacing being kind of fast, hard-hitting to brick wall, slow down, and just give you almost nothing at that point, I have to stick with the solid eight. I find it so hard to judge the failings of this movie because they're necessary mm-hmm. in my mind, which, which like, I mean, to be honest with you, I think you guys are a bit more on the money when you give it like an eight or uh, like a slightly below that. Right. Um, but I just, like, I can't, I can't hate on the movie that has to be the way it is. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, as, I mean, as yeah, like, an, as an entertainer, yeah, but it's like, I couldn't, I'm thinking all, all the time I review these movies, like, what would I rather have seen or rather have done? And I can't think of a way to do it that wouldn't show it kind of in the way it is. Because you'll be lamblasted by people being like, you're not accurately depicting the material. Well, I still feel like they kind of failed in accurately depicting the material because... Well, they failed in accurately depicting the material in all these movies to an extent. Yes. But with the slowdown points, there was a lot more going on in those than they actually depicted. (laughs) <laughs> which is that's where i'm having yeah. the problem and if you're going to show these scenes you can throw in those tiny little 10 second tidbits that were in the book you know the the, the 30 minute wandering through the forest shit could have definitely been done better yes it still would have to happen but yeah, it, would still have to it could have been handled in a way that wasn't absolutely fucking and i i think the failing there is relying on like the uh, it's unfortunate, but like I'm gonna say, relying on the acting of the three leads, yeah, yeah, to sell the scenes because they're very like dramatically paced, and unfortunately, that's really, drama. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I like I, I know I give I give it eight point three. I don't think it's better than the last movie, but I like I find it very hard to judge it on. What it is. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I agree with you guys. All right, cool. All Good right, you. with that being said, we are going to get out of here. Next week, we get part two and wow. the final ending to this magnificent story that is Harry Potter with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows part two. Tomorrow, we are doing nothing. Wednesday, possibly Sackboy. Unless we find something Ooh. else to play. Thursday, I will be back with uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Friday, HGGMO Season 2. Kicking off with Week 2. And then Saturday, nothing as far as I know because JP will be traveling. And Sunday, we have no bucks given. It's a lot to keep in your mind, so be sure you are subscribed 
and have the notification bells turned on so this way you don't miss a thing. Have a good night, folks, and we'll see you very, very soon. Dobby says wash your sock. Get yourself tested. <laughs> Dobby tested, mother approved. <laughs>